to the comics is our better podcast where we cover the world of independent comics i am one of your hosts brian and with me as always the other parts of the cdb crew carrie and darcy hi hello hope you're all doing well today this wonderful timing changey kind of feeling day where it's getting dark fast it's nice it is getting a little dark fast it's kind of disturbing i'm not entirely sure that i like it but sure we're doing okay (laughs) but it's spooky i tried watching the halloween original john carpenter movie because i love that movie yesterday and i in the middle of the day and i could not get through the opening credit sequence without getting scared and then i gave myself nightmares so i'm happy we're in spooky season because this is this is good it's good for the anxiety. It's good. <laughs> it's good for uh, overactive imagination. So I'm very happy. It's spooky season. So well, no, no, thank you. <laughs> I can't do horror movies, horror comics. I'm here for it. I love it yes. all day, all night, all the time. Horror novels, love them. Horror movies, can't do it. Yeah. I, I'm the same way, and I, but I'm starting to get more into horror movies. I, I just kind and, of a switch for me. And I'm all when I like horror movies, it's they're few and far between there's very few movies that i like halloween is one of them it's a family favorite we all literally watch it multiple times in october um i don't know if you ever remember this darcy do you remember when amc used to have the 31 days of like fright yeah yeah so like that they always reran the halloween movies it's a it's a big deal for us so i like those um and I like like the 80s slashers because I think they're fun now. But uh, the movie that still traumatizes me to this day is uh, Children of the Corn. Can't watch it. I will shit my pants before I watch it again. <laughs> like Never seen it. <laughs> it's anything with a lot of Catholic imagery, especially as someone who grew up where crucifixes that were very graphic were the norm in my household, like can't deal with catholicism mixed with little fucking evil kids so sure you aren't secretly a vampire i sort of wish i was i thought you were i would like that (laughs) i do love garlic and hate it yes so maybe that's it that's incredibly complicated sentence (laughs) you just said right there that makes literally no sense to me but go on well well um we do have not a horror subject and not a subject and not a, uh, a book about garlic either, but we do have a, a you know, a, kind of a spooky book in a way today to talk about. Um, but before we do that, um, we're going to go ahead and get into the DIY corner where we do have a horror book to talk about. Darcy, if you want to take it away. I suppose I can once I get over to that page and can actually do that. <laughs> Um, because I do not have all this memorized. There's lots of words on this page. Yes. Uh, so the uh, one that I brought out this time, and I think you found as well, so it's kind of a both, but 
we have yes. two, so I'll say this one. Uh, the Shades of Fear Horror Anthology, because I friggin' love an anthology. And as I said, I love a horror comic. Uh, it's a collection of like psychological horror comics uh, that has this focus on color, which if you've been listening to this podcast for like, I don't know, two episodes, you will understand that I have a very primal love for color. Um, and this anthology seems to be focused on because it's their friggin' tagline, uh, color. Um, and from everything they've provided in their materials. Yeah. I mean, all of the, uh, previews are absolutely gorgeous with that the art is all dynamic and interesting and different um i think it will be a very interesting offering if it gets backed fully uh right now it's not quite there it's that thirty-four thousand dollars of its $59.9,000 goal uh, with 61 hours and it is Tuesday to go. Um, so hopefully it will make it, um, but it's got a minute <laughs> and it's got some money to make. So hopefully they'll do a push and hopefully it'll make it. Um, but I, I'm, you know, it might not, but if you're interested, if you're interested in this sort of concept of like emotive colorful vibrant horror uh, that focuses very heavily on emotion and color um, emotion and imagery which seems to be the feeling uh, this might be for you uh, the creator list uh, which uh, didn't really ping many of them didn't ping off for me very much I didn't recognize too many of these people uh, were Desalina Flesher, Ashanti Forston, Amber Huff, Mar Julia, Molly Mendoza, Grendel Men uh, Menz, Tessa Anelli Reed, Joy San, Olivia Stevens, Shannon Wright, Jade Zhang, um, and edited by Ashanti Forston and Allison O'Toole. Uh, so I recognized a few of those names, um, but didn't recognize most of them. Um, but it has, you know, like very female focused editing team for a horror anthology which horror books are so often in this industry um male focused and and done with a male gaze uh which has gotten boring to me um and so that's another reason why this looks interesting so I don't know. It, it seems like it would be a fun one to support. It, I think it personally would be a fun one to read just because horror comics are so um, often get really same samey. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And this looks like it's trying to do something different. Uh, so maybe consider it. I don't know. Awesome. Yeah, there's there's different types of um, genres that are mm. here, including a, a one with with religious imagery for Carrie. Oh the yeah, hue, the hue of heaven uh, by Ashanti Fortson. Lots that of looks, candles, lots of looks, praying. 
really cool. Um, I personally, I think out of all the, the covers and all the samples, Bellies looks the most visually appealing for, to me. It looks mm. really cool. Is um, that the one with all the squigglies, all the all the, uh, the sea creatures? It's with, yeah, mm -hmm. with all the little octopi. And yeah, 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 yeah. Bellies has an awesome cover. And the, yeah, that's by Mar Julia or Mar Julia, maybe. Um, but and then um, there's Turtleneck by Joy Sen. And, and now keep in mind, all the descriptions have like three or four sentences. I just love the fact that this is just like two sentences or three sentences rather. It just says, at the start, she wore the turtleneck to hide her face, but it's calmer inside the turtleneck. It's safe inside the turtleneck. And that's the description. So that sounds really cool to me. As well. There's a karaoke bar one that's got a really like uh, kind of hyper color, kind of very neon uh, cover. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Molly Mendoza's that looks kind of cool. Yes, it does. So, so yeah, there's a lot of, of various types of artwork, various types of horror. So, I think this should really say if you're a horror fan of, of, of comics or just looks like just interesting comics i would probably check those out and we'll have the link on the uh on the notes uh for you to check out as well as on our website and um the it ends the friday after this comes out so one day after on october 22nd um but you know i mean please check it out and pledge and hopefully it will get made okay. Uh, okay. so the second one we have uh two out of two is actually called uh, Zufan, a uh, Pan-African sci-fi inspired by a true story. Uh, so, um, there, what what really appeals to me is that uh, one we, we always talk about um, international comics, and and we've been really kind of trying to focus on finding comics from from African creators because here in North America, you know, in the United States, there really, we don't get a lot of, of African creators and they have a comics culture going on over there that we're not really privy to. So it's, it's nice when we get stuff uh, from, uh, from Africa, you know, like to, uh, to come over here to the United States or, or other Western countries, you know, just to, to check out. And this one is actually, uh, it's a sci-fi book as it says, and it's based on a true story. Um, it's the um, Italian invasion of Ethiopia in the 1800s. Uh, so I didn't know this, and I think this is really interesting, but Ethiopia is the only country in Africa that did not uh, um, fall under colonization. Yeah. And the reason for that is that the multiple and very diverse nations of Ethiopia um, got together and created an alliance that was able to stave off the uh, Italians as they were invading. Um, so the it way was also really it's it's one of those countries that's really well like physically situated. Like they've got good mountain areas. It's kind of um, like the physical the way the country is laid out is really well done to like ward off invaders. Kind okay. of too is it's got that for it as well. Yeah. So. So yeah, they, both both culturally and both um, with, with these people as well as their geography were able to, to, to stay free. And the way the book um, the, the way the book reflects that is essentially there's a uh, aliens from outer space are uh, are coming to invade Earth for their for the resources, and um, an alliance of African nations uh, 
allied together to defend Earth and keep them out of uh, from taking all the resources. So um, it looks, you know, it's like your standard. It's, it sounds like a standard like sci-fi story, but it's cool that it has a historical backing to it. It's also a fun way to teach history, especially history that we don't get a lot here in the United States. So um, also what's really cool about it is that um, there's two books. Um, the first ever, what well, they say the first ever Ethiopian comics. Uh, one's called Jember, which is like a 128 page hardcover. And there's another one uh, called Howie. Uh, that um, are part of this package. So besides getting this new book, you get these two uh, older books, but both also look amazing. So this is definitely something I would check out. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's it's it, interesting art. It's actually really good art. Um, I know interesting to be either good or bad, but it's definitely good art. Um, the, um, and, and it's, and it's, um, all created by uh, multiple people from all over the uh, the continent of Africa. So it's just it's just a, it's, it sounds like a very fun and, and interesting uh, Kickstarter to check out. Yeah, the art on Howie is really really pretty. I think mm-hmm. um, like I'm totally interested in the main thing, but it's almost like I even just to get the the older comic, uh, yeah, I kind of would be interested in just for that even. Um, because like you said, we're, we've been interested in expanding our horizons into more international comics that we don't always see and kind of, it's, I mean, it, I don't know if I'd consider it a classic comic, but if it's the first, one of the first comics out of Ethiopia, then it is a classic comic, I guess, for Ethiopia. Definitely. Um, and that that's a great bonus for this uh for this kickstarter like one of their first comics and it's it's got gorgeous art i love yeah. that art you're getting three books uh basically for the price of one pledge and that's yeah pretty pretty phenomenal pretty amazing yeah um, i like that howie comic and and, and the new the new comic like you said the new comics art's awesome yes it, look, it looks re- it looks really good as well and um interesting story as well so um this ends actually october 30th and uh got good time so you got some time uh to check it out once again the the uh, url will be on our website and also on the show notes here and um they've actually met their goal so um pledge so you can get all these cool rewards including those two other books and uh it'll happen and they're also pushing for some more uh rewards the more uh, money that they make so definitely check that out Okay, so also really quick, speaking about uh, retail and buying comics and stuff, um, I, I meant to mention this last ish or episode, I almost call our show issues, I guess we could call them issues in a way, I have issues. Sure, why not? Um, so <laughs> Webtoons calls their chapters episodes, yeah. so why not? So <laughs> last issue of the Comics is Our Better podcast, if um, I was going to mention that a uh, a former guest host, plus also, I would say, friend of the show and friend to us, um, Siobhan Coombs, um, is, has started a new retail uh, store online for comics where it's, it's going to be new and old comics and they're going to help curate, you know, listen and uh, help people find the comics that are best for them. So uh, the store the, is officially launching on October 30th but um the website's already up we're going to go ahead 
and I also put that on the the uh, the list here for you guys to check out. Um, and and yeah, it looks really interesting. Um, and uh, Siobhan, you, you know, is a very cool person. I I've never met uh, the other uh, person who's starting this and and Wing, but they also sound pretty awesome. So um, it's definitely a good way to uh, one to to get comics and support some cool people. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Okay. So let's head on over to the spotlight section here. Um, does anyone want to go first or do you want me to choose? Um, I'll go first if you guys don't mind. Oh, yeah. Absolutely mind. not. Okay. Please, so please. Um, this, this week was my choice and you'll see that I have a theme going on with the <laughs> books that I chose. So my spotlight is... Um, an IDW product. It's uh, Disney Comics, The Haunted Mansion, Frights of Fancy. And it is um, by Cena Grace, Eagle Bartolini, Nicoletta Baldari, Valentina Pinto, Ricardo Giardina, and Krista Meissner. Um, it's super cute. So um, fun fact about us really quickly, we're Southern California kids, Brian and I, and Brian's family has a long employer-based history with Disneyland. Um, my family, you know, if you hear our dog, that our pizza's here, so I apologize. But um, if, um, you know, we've always gone to Disneyland a lot, so we kind of just have grown up in that culture and Disney's kind of taken over the world. So the fact that Disney has comics, um, I absolutely adore it. Uh, Haunted Mansion is by far my favorite ride there. So um, it's super cute. It's about a new ghost named Sydney who's there to, um, she thinks the Haunted Mansion's just like a cool resort for ghosts. And she figures out that she actually has to earn her keep by scaring people. So it kind of turns into a fun, like can this cute girl from Louisiana fit in with these goes from all over the, the place you know you have the duelist um if you're familiar with the ride you have the girl in the tightrope you have the bride um which mm -hmm. is one of my favorite parts of the ride you have um uh, madame loretta from the the floating ball so you have all of these characters that you've just kind of grown up with and they're all featured the artwork the artwork is really super cute um Again, it just features stuff if you're familiar with the ride or with any of the Disney properties. It's kind of fun. Um, and also in the in the physical copy, and I'm sure in the digital copy as well, um, Cena Grace actually puts real life pictures of the evolution of the Haunted Mansion, the ride, in the back with little excerpts and like also like how Sydney was drawn, um, Sally, the tightrope girl was drawn, the bride was drawn. So that's always really fun. And I like it because um, like you've heard earlier in the episode, I like spooky, but I can't handle real spooky. So kid spooky is right up my alley. So it's a really fun read. There's lots of purples and blues. Yeah, the coloring's great. Uh, everything about this comic I really like. So it looks really cool. Really cute. And ugh, looks like a lot of fun. I know Cena Grace um, lives in, in Los Angeles. And so I, I think that this was, I, th I think he had mentioned that he's been wanting to do something like this for a while. So, oh, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Gotta love a theme comic. Yep, definitely. Okay. Hey, uh, Darcy, uh, do you want to go next? I can. 
Excellent. Okay. Uh, based on kind of last week, I'm going to try to continue on. Initially, I said I was going to try to make a lot of accessible comics, and I kind of uh, didn't for a while, made pay comics, or didn't make, but uh, offered pay comics. I'm going to try to this season do only free or mostly free comics that are like regularly accessible that, to people that have access to the internet, uh, which means there's going to be probably a lot of webtoon and graphite comics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but so last week I had a Twitter thread comic, which isn't perfectly accessible if you don't have Twitter, but you know, it's free. Uh, this week I'm doing uh, Anarasu Manara, which uh, was originally a uh, Navar webtoon comic, which is uh, original like Korea webtoon but was uh, in 2010, but was translated and is now on um, English language webtoon. So like if you read Korean webtoon, go please go read it on the original Navar webtoon because it's better there for translation issues, which I'll talk about in a second. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but if you're an English language reader, it's on, you know, the webtoon app, go read it. It's perfect. It's fine. It's great. You know, I've just, I've been doing a reread of it this week. Um, and I think it's a really good uh, translation. Uh, I originally read it in 2011 uh, from a fan translation, uh, which I think still holds up as I think it was a really good translation. Um, I think there were things better with a fan translation, which again, I'll talk about in a second. Um, but this uh, comic is, um, it's about a, young woman, a, a high school girl who kind of wants to grow up as fast as possible. She's uh, having to raise her younger sister because her mom is dead and her father uh, put himself in debt, uh, starting a toy business uh, and then running out on her and her sister. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, so if you like Squid Game and you enjoyed that uh, for its themes and not necessarily its hyperviolence, uh, you might be interested in this because like the themes of existing with debt and hating capitalism or having to exist in capitalism uh, uh, exists in this comic as well. And I think it does it in interesting ways, as well as like the art direction that this comic takes is very unique and interesting. She goes to school and she's very poor. She goes to kind of a rich people school because she is incredibly intelligent and she tries to exist in this school while being poor, which is not easy because, you know, like uh, you're a uh, pantyhose hair and you can't replace them because you don't have the money to do so. And so she stands out, but she has like this very mature air about her. One of her peers uh, is like the most wealthy boy around um, and everybody calls him oh he's so handsome he's so handsome he's so handsome but it's kind of funny because he's drawn with like a giraffe neck yeah <laughs> not, not not like a um literal giraffe neck uh, but just a long long neck so he doesn't look really handsome but you're told he is but he's drawn this way as a symbol because he's high up in society and because he sees himself as above people not necessarily above i who's our main character but because uh, he sees himself above pretty much everybody else but he eventually kind of sees himself as above i because 
while initially she seems mature and okay and oh you know she's smart and she's pretty much as smart as him he finds out that she is going to hang out with a magician uh, after school because even though she hates and doesn't really believe in the concept of magic um, she wants to believe in magic she always has ever since she was a little girl and um she kind of can't help herself she like despises the idea of it but she wants it really desperately and there's this magician who lives all alone at this abandoned carnival uh, who keeps telling her that he is a real magician who does real magic the art in this book is so good it's some of my favorite art in any comic that i've ever read in my life it's very stark black and whites, hard, solid blacks versus hard, solid whites with very delicate, fine line penciling for like details in the face. Um, but then it uses mixed medium for like um, anytime money appears uh, in the Navar webtoon, it actually uses real Juan, which is brilliant because Juan is a gorgeous currency, like very, very vibrant pink, blue green yellow so it's a pretty currency this is my problem with the translation the modern like real translation that's legal uh it doesn't just translate the language it translates the currency so when uh the magician is doing fireworks of money which looks gorgeous in the original <laughs> because one is a pretty currency uh the fireworks in the translation is, uses the U.S. dollar, and the U.S. dollar is an ugly currency. It is. It's awful. <laughs> it's all muddy, awful, swampy green, and so it doesn't translate very well. So if you want to see what it originally looks like, maybe go to original webtoon, see that it is, you know, what it originally looked like. There's also um, pops of pink, uh, the main character, her lips are always this really gorgeous pink color. Um, anytime magic comes into the story, it goes pink and red and purples, um, stuff like that. Like there are little pops of color that will come in uh, when she talks about her dad, uh, a little Lego minifig comes into the comes into the story huh. and it's blue. Uh, there's this really wonderful transition when she's talking, when the narrator is talking about peers, uh, when two people that seem to be on the same level and you've got the 2D panel and two people are side by side and then it switches and suddenly you've got these two paper images that are on a real table mm -hmm. that are actually standing up and you see that they're not actually on one solitary plane they're actually apart by a few inches and it's like in a lot of a lot of comics will try to mix media and they don't manage it very well it comes off silly or it comes off dated or it just doesn't work it doesn't flow right and this is one of the few comics i've seen that does mix media really well I, I don't know. It just really works for me. And it, it's done well through like use of color and through the, the flow. The fact that Webtoons does that top to bottom flow, I think helps it a lot as opposed to paneling. Mm -hmm. um, 
and and the fact that it it's done through a storytelling with magic that this is something that's happening almost spontaneously sometimes the money can come forth as fireworks you know um so so it works the way a lot of this is brought in yeah and the fact that you have these glorious um fantastical things and then on top of it you're telling a really actually quite compelling story about class issues and about money issues and about a kid that just wants to be an adult but can't let go of this desire for something magical to exist in her life it's a really fantastic story uh and um i don't think enough people read it uh, because it is an older webtoon story um and it was a translation um so i really recommend it we're scrolling through it right now and I think you kind of like hit the nail on the head in talking about the way it's laid out because mm-hmm. I feel like if it were panels some of the magic that's in the way the mixed medium works you would get taken out of the story because you would be able yeah. to see like the magic behind the scene so I think this way it's always a constant surprise because you do have to scroll exactly. like there's, there's a carnival scene with pink, yes. like really vibrant pinks. I mean, my God, like I was just like, that's so beautiful. Like just looking yeah, at it. Exactly. It just kind of comes to you. And I have a stupid question. Go for it. So I don't know shit about Korean culture. And I will state that at the front. Okay. Neither do I very much. Very, so, very little from like webtoons. I'm not an expert at all. So with the popularity of something like Squid Game that's showing, like you said, class issues and capitalist capitalism and like huge debt, mm. is that something that's really prominent in Korea? Because I know like in, in America, we joke around about like being saddled by student debt and like all this stuff, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem like, I don't know how to explain it, but I just, I'm, I'm very curious about the culture and I, how, how debt is viewed. I read an article about this, about how, um, and I thought it was very interesting because it reminded me so much of almost like a kind of mere version of America. And um, let me see if I can find what it is. Um, And the article basically was like, uh, Korea is uh, excited about the success of Squid Game, even though it uh, puts all of kind of the dirty secrets out in the open for the rest of the world to see. Uh, Like Koreans love to be winners, which I was like, ah, that sounds familiar, right? Americans, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Yeah. We're number one, we're number one. Like that felt really familiar. Um, but, uh, they don't necessarily want everyone to see that shame. And it laid out a lot of information about like how much debt so many people live under. And a lot of people are literally living like paycheck to paycheck on debt because of, and again, like you said, I don't totally understand this either. So I'm coming out of like literally I'm just kind of repeating what I read in this article so this Mm -hmm. is not me this is me repeating an article that I do not have in front of me right now I'm so sorry sorry I just Um, hung the question on you too no 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 um so you'd have people who like you would think are coming 
out of like really successful jobs and you had a couple like the main character's best friend in squid game was like a white collar worker yeah and he he was in squid game for debt because of fraud yeah and they're they're talking about not people who commit fraud but like just like everyday people like a doctor could be living fairly you know like with fairly heavy debt and we do the same thing here in america because you have you're living in in areas with very high bills and so are they because things are expensive Mm -hmm. and because you have a high level of uh, societal expectations that you're expected to live up to and i think that part of it is even uh, more expected than we have. So you have like high cost of living, which they have as much as, if not more than we have, mm-hmm. uh, but an increase in societal expectations than we okay. have. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for explaining now, that. Yeah. And I'm the same. I, I don't know from, you know, just what I've seen and what I've, what I've read basically. Um, but I think, but one of the biggest and one of the best like criticisms of of this kind of uh, capitalist society slash like the haves and have nots is a korean movie that came out a couple years ago parasite and so yeah Yeah. and that is a wonderful movie and it has a wonderful like message essentially right even though it's uh it gets pretty yes but that's what but but yeah it's um uh, so, so I, I definitely will have to agree, you know, like, but that it's, that seems like it's a major theme in a lot of stuff, especially Korea nowadays, probably also because North Korea is a communist socialist nation. It's their, their inherent enemies in quotation marks. And so therefore they are also un- under the constant, like, feel like they have to be capitalist as, as much as possible kind of like the way the united states was like during the cold war because of the threat of of socialism or communism quote unquote yes yeah communism socialism yeah yes so so yeah um, Gosh, swag. but yeah so so yeah th- this looks really good i like the mixed media a lot uh the cult like i love it when black white comics have uh had the color um, yeah kind of sprayed in because it's just it's just so surprising and it, and it helped definitely kind of creates a, a certain mood and an effect that uh i was like what the what they're going for so that's pretty cool it's beautiful artwork yeah i love it a lot and that that, that weird weird teardrop drop giraffe dude <laughs> looks kind of like yeah a he's he uh, okay they make a joke about that later on yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> They put a sausage in front of his face. It's pretty funny. Oh, that is really funny. So yeah, it looks pretty good. I'm actually gonna, you know, eat, and I do agree. Like, our the U.S. dollar is is kind of it's ugly. so ugly. It's chose, such an ugly currency. Why did they? Why did they edit that out too? Yeah, I have no clue. I, the, I think the the only reason I can see for doing that is because they're trying to make sure readers understand maybe how in debt she is like how much she's owing but they very easily could have like put an asterisk up there and just like notated on the side the exchange rate yeah um yeah yeah it was pretty stupid plus that was huge mistake in my brain 
they're using ten dollar bill, which is kind of a weird dollar bill too. It's that's a weird not, dollar bill. It, it, that's like I love one of the most, it, but it's like it's, one of the most it's, least it's, common. It, it's yeah. a perfectly acceptable note. I, but yeah. it's just not one people use very often. Yeah, twenties and fives. It's like the fifty and bought. Exactly. So it's yeah, it's it's kind of a an odd choice there even, but yeah, it, definitely not something that should have been changed. But aside aside from that, though, it looks really good and and uh, also like a lot of fun actually. So if you want to check that out, I also like the uh, the note. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, panels that look like that are done on note paper, like yeah. just like 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 notes. So it kind of adds that mixed media feel to it too. So it looks really cool. Okay, well, time to get a little more macabre and melancholy because surprise, Brian chose a Jeff Lemire book, <laughs> you know, to talk about. <laughs> so um, we're gonna talk about um, just real quick May's book number one and two uh, by Jeff Lemire. He does the uh, the words and art and uh, letters by Steve Wands for Dark Horse Comics. So. Ten years ago, uh, main character Will, his daughter Wendy passes away, and uh, that puts Will into a kind of a life-destroying depression, like spiral ever since, and never really recovers. But so, as a child, Wendy uh, loves or used to love mazes, and Will would scour the city looking for maze books to to for her to do, especially when she was sick. So. As the years go by after Wendy has passed, Will is starting to forget what Wendy looks like and is afraid he will soon forget everything about her, losing her once again effectively. So then one night, um, after a kind of disturbing dream, Will is woken up by a phone call uh, with what sounds like Wendy on the other end, telling him that she's at the center of the maze and he needs to find her. So... um, once again, color pops. The most of this book is a kind of a very bland and gray and white. Like it's not even black and white. It's like a very like like tepid coloring. And then there's a literal thread, like from like a and basically it's from a sweater. Um, and it's kind of like the Ariane Ariadres thread i'm saying that name wrong from from like the theseus like minotaur the minotaur myth. yeah yeah and um and it, and it threads itself throughout the entire book and then that's red and so it's it it, it definitely has those pops of colors just like uh, like your choice did darcy where where it kind of just adds a little more to the effect of everything um the if you've seen Lemire's artwork, it's definitely like his regular artwork that you see in in, in his comics, um, which is is pretty good. And it's kind of nice when you see his art because he doesn't draw as much anymore. And some of his best books, like Royal City and Underwater World, were, were drawn by him. So it's kind of cool to see his art. And uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. The first two issues are out. Um, they're they're like a dollar more an issue. But they're double digest sized, like they're they're like forty eight pages each, so it's kind of worth the dollar extra, and so definitely recommend. Yeah, if it's gonna be bigger. Yeah, and they could definitely have charged more if 
they could have with it being lemire and with it being double size they could have charged more that is accurate yeah if if it was a dcr marvel book it would have been like eight ten dollars for for this that is definitely accurate so so five dollars not bad for uh for for 48 page comic and that's digitally so there's no there's no ads with it that's 48 pages of content so that's pretty good okay um so very cool all right well it's time I think to dive into our uh, main subject of the episode. Wow, I'm nervous. Yeah, <laughs> this is weird. I actually have butterflies in my tummy about doing this. Okay. Well, it's uh, Carrie's choice, as you probably just guessed, and she also mentioned that a little bit earlier. Um, and that's Little Witches: Magic in Concord by Lee Dragoon from Odin Press. So, Carrie, um, do you want to let us know why you chose, as well as give us a quick summary of the uh, the story? Okay, so I think I've mentioned it several times on this pod that I love the um, book Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. Uh, I grew up with it. I got my first copy of it when I was like eight or nine. Um, I collect several editions of it. Um, I read it. I want to say, let me see, how many school terms are there? One, two. So I, I read it every term I'm in school because it's, I consider it my palate cleanser from all the bullshit texts I have to read for school. <laughs> so, um, and it's, I mean, I have uh, two different versions of the movies on Blu-ray. I watch those at Christmas because I consider it a Christmas movie, blah, blah, blah. So I love the story. I chose Little Witches because it's um, a retelling of it. And um, I read a little bit, uh, Lee Dragoon talks about uh, their particular love of little women as well in the book. And they say that, you know, they grow up with, um, they grew up with the story, they love it, they've read it, you know, se- you know semi-annually throughout their entire life. So, um, and they kind of become obsessed with Louisa May Alcott as a writer, as I think a lot of people who read the book want to know more about her because she's kind of a, an interesting individual. So um, the summary of the book is, and I tried really hard, so, cause I drag on, I like to talk. Okay. An imaginative retelling of the American classic Little Women. The story focuses on the four March sisters reimagined as magus. Although they use white practical magic, there is something evil lurking in Concord. And along with their neighbors, the Lawrences, now witch finders, they learn what it means to band together to fight for good. Sounds good. Was it okay? Oh, yeah. That works perfectly. Okay. Definitely. Okay. I tried really hard on that one. Um, Now, going into the book. (laughs) Okay. I, like I said, I'm obsessed with the book. I read it several times a year, blah, blah, blah. I liked it. I had a problem a little bit with the artwork. The faces were too angular for me and the angles for my vision make it hard for me to decipher who's who. Um, the book is smart in how it hits key points of the actual novel and kind of tells you like, okay, spoiler alert, Beth dies in Little Women, one of the sisters. She gets very, 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 very sick. 
in the original book, she gets scarlet fever from visiting um, an a immigrant German family. So, but I mean, this the illness lasts her like a, her entire like basically from like ten to when she dies. So, like let's say like she's sick, but she never fully recovers from being so sick. So, that's in the actual book. Now in Little Witches there's hints that Beth is sick throughout, like, I want to say two thirds of the book. And then you find out that she is protecting this family from the evil magic. Like she absorbs it. What does she call the distractor? Like a disruptor. A disrupt. What was her? I think she, an unraveler she, disruptor. Yeah, she's an unraveler, a disruptor. An unraveler. She, Thank you. Yeah. yeah, she's an anti-magic yes. almost. So she's kind of like absorbing or stopping the magic, but that's what's making her sick. So that's really, I thought that was actually a very genius way. Mm-hmm. It was. For um, talking about Beth's illness. Um, when you when you have healers, yeah, you can't you can't really get, I mean, you could, but it's, it's a good way to work around. My mom and dad, could heal scarlet fever so yeah. how how yeah. does beth get sick and it's a, from magic reason. yeah she's yeah. yeah i thought that was clever too um there's i there's lots of i don't i somebody else want to go because oh. i'll just oh yeah no i no i i i agree i i liked it i didn't love it mm-hmm. i um i'm not the fan of little women that you are Carrie at all. Um, I, I, like you, read the book multiple times, watched I several different movies, um, grew up with it because, you know, Southern white girl, you're going to. Southern white Christian <laughs> girl, you're definitely going to. Oh, yes. What else are they going to show yeah, you? Pilgrim's Progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Um, which is weird because, you know, like you'd think, yeah abolitionists uh-huh yeah you know how are you going to get your racism in but um <laughs> you know whatever they're they're traditional so it works um but no uh so, so you kind of like you're raised as a fan even if you're not necessarily whatever um so I know the property I like the property well enough I'm not a gigantic fan but I know it mm-hmm. um I was not quite so comfortable with it in the beginning. I didn't love it going in like the first probably, I don't know, 70 pages. I was like, I don't know so much about this. Mm -hmm. When Joe got her hair cut, I think that's when I started liking it a little bit more. That's kind of when I settled into it a little bit more. I think the story picked up Uh once Joe got her hair cut, the story started picking up a little bit more, Mm -hmm. uh, I think, and settled into uh, what the AU itself was, the alternate universe of, of uh, the rules it was following, where everybody was, what everybody was doing. We started getting names for mm-hmm. what their alternative designations yes. were. Mm-hmm. Um, everything fit a little bit better after that. Prior to that, it kind of felt like nothing was really explained they were just themselves in the book and maybe there was magic or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Prior to that, it was weird. And because of that disjointedness of it, I didn't, 
overall, I didn't love it. But like that last little bit at the end, like the epilogue with let's replant the, the, the garden, that was my favorite part. Like if it could have just like not been this overarching story, if it could have just been little day to day uh, bits about the March sisters and Lori Mm -hmm. having their little magical adventures, I think it would have been really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, But this overarching thing about envy and whatever, I I didn't, I I don't know. I think they tried to make it a little bit too complicated uh, and it didn't really work. If it were just magic interspersed Mm -hmm. in that community, having day-to-day stories, I think it might've worked a little bit better. I, I feel like it was a really grandiose idea Yes. Or encompassing, like, gentle listener, you need to know that when Louisa May Alcott wrote Little Women, she actually um, published it in two parts. It was like literally chapters in a Woman's Day magazine mm. that she would release it, um, you know, in like 1870 some. So the story itself if is like what? 400 500 pages it's a depth it's a dense dense book so lee to her like to their credit is trying really really hard to take the overall themes of the original book and what they think these characters could be in this alternate universe and put them into literally what 160 pages it's just a little too big of an idea to put it in so few pages because they also try to like really hit like certain cornerstones of the original novel on the book and they're bringing like there's and there's different characterizations of people and that not that that's not smart or different or new or fun but it just felt like especially if you go into it knowing the original story it's kind of like, well, the pacing felt off. And I think, you, I think as a reader, the pacing might feel off regardless. Mm. And I, di- I just felt like it was kind of like, I don't know if it took so long for me to get into it as long as for you, Darcy, but it was definitely yeah. like, there's always a question of like, wait, why? <laughs> like, why is this happening now? You know? And like, it just, I don't know. It was, it was a little bit too much of a, of a, uh, an idea for me. I think it might have fallen to almost the same thing that like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies fell to, um, which I really liked at first, um, which Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, if you don't know, uh, is just Pride and Prejudice, uh, the book, uh, where occasionally, I, I mean, it is just a, the book and then someone like writes very tiny editions where zombies show up (laughs) um so very little has actually changed and i think that kind of happened here it almost stayed too close to the original in a lot of ways i I think like more more um more could have been done to get away from the original like like take the march sisters and concord and lori and give them magic and put them in that era era and 
have them do other things. You don't have to like, why, why did Joe, Joe cut her hair? Like they didn't do anything with that money. Yeah. It's just was, like yeah. Joe had to cut her hair. Like yeah. that's a plot point that had to happen. Kind yeah. Of okay. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like uh, Amy studying with uh, the aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, like we never really see like, I don't know, like that doesn't really, obviously she has to learn a couple of things, but mm-hmm. it doesn't like other things she could, there was so much stuff in that room so many really interesting mm-hmm. things happening in that room, but it doesn't really go anywhere. And it could have, if we weren't so focused on this overarching thing, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just like, yeah. and, and again, it's not that I didn't like what was happening in a way. It's just like, I felt it, it was almost one of those, like, I felt that they liked the property so much, which I totally understand. I totally yeah. understand being a fan of something because been there done that like mm-hmm. of so many things uh but it, it's like you you're such a fan of something that is it's hard to get away from it sometimes mm-hmm. it, it's almost like kind of take a step back and get away from the textualness of it uh and and kind of write those characters in other situations maybe Definitely. yeah so so and you know anyone who listens to this podcast or just knows us in general this is not a negative critique when I say this is, you know, it, it, this is a form of fanfic. And, um, and so it does kind of fall under the, the, the pitfalls of some fanfic where there, there is almost an obligation to, to stick to the main points of a story just so that, um, that you know, it, it, it is still in relation to the original source. And I do feel that that kind of is a downfall here. There's some kind of fun nods. I do, you know, like, you know, I think that's kind of what, like, like Joe cutting her hair. Yeah, like there was really no purpose of that. But, it, you know, to someone who has read the books or seen the movies, um, they know that that is, you know, a big part of yeah. the story. So, and also with the dad getting hurt and uh, and then Marmy and, and the aunt having to go, um, you know, heal him. Which is different from the original. Yeah. It's not. Th- <laughs> I know, but so so. Um, but I'm just saying. Okay, but um, and so like I feel that the the intentions there were 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 very positive, but unfortunately the execution, it didn't come out as as great as it could have. And I do agree that if we kind of got a different story altogether, um, but with the same the same uh, characters, because the characterization I loved. Uh, I felt. Um, I, I mean, from I've seen I've seen two of the three adaptations of, of the movie, um, and and I, I the only one I haven't seen is the old Catherine Hepburn one from the 30s. You bite your tongue. The best one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and great. so and so I've only seen the the two more modern ones. And um, but from what I I'm familiar with the the story, um, it's funny because like in the in the 90s Little Women. Um, my favorite character was Joe, um, and then in the the more recent, the 2019 Little Women, um, my favorite character actually was Amy, and then this, my favorite character was Beth, and so and so it's kind of funny how these different adaptations, 
the a, a certain character to me at least sticks out more than the other ones. It's just because teen Brian had a crush on Winona Ryder <laughs> and adult Brian has a crush on Florence Pugh. That's essentially <laughs> why you like them. No, Which I, all makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. But no, no, honestly, and, I think they're, 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 they're very interesting characters because I hated Amy in um in the 90s version um and 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 that was who was whose actress to play her well kirsten dunst Kirsten plays dunst. her as a as, a, as kid. a kid yeah and so so but still yeah i um but yeah i i definitely it's kind of weird how it just depends on the the, the version of it who i like amy burns those I, when oh god and then, that, that was kind of another weird nuance here when amy burns the journal that kind of came out of nowhere because it felt like everything was already resolved about all of that, and all of a sudden oh. Amy's burning Joe's journal. And, and yeah, and it, in that case, she didn't need to burn the journal; she just needed to find the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it didn't really work so well. Yeah, so so I I think um, I mean overall the story was enjoyable, and if you've never read Little Little Women, or you probably movies, like it more. You probably like it a yeah, little bit more. Absolutely, but, and, and I definitely want to see more that what Lee Dragoon can do. Because it Absolutely. was good. it was good. It was just like I, I think there was a little bit of I think there was the crutch of the original source was unfortunately a little too daunting. Is oh, is kind of what happened here. Well, by their own admission, they're like quote unquote obsessed with the story. Yeah, I I totally understand that, but. What I find, what I found so interesting when reading it, is there's a lot of mentions to the transcendentalist movement mm-hmm. that they're a part of. Now, transcendentalism is like part of the Enlightenment movement. It's mm-hmm. um, it's people that are that are considered abolitionists during the Civil War. They're the people that are they're like the white people who are against slavery they're in the north they're highly educated they're more upper middle class if we want to like add that to it back to nature right? um i'm sorry say that again kind of like back to nature as well yeah and it's yeah. more it's it's less about like being in a in a school setting but you're like learning at home you're becoming educated that way you're having intelligent conversations with people you're creative blah 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 now in the original book <laughs> it's implied but because it talks about the actions of the family it talks about the actions of the parents it's never hit over the head with it yeah now in little witches there's several verbal mentions about the parents being transcendentalist and them being looked down about, about it which i find really interesting because i don't know how many people would have the knowledge of what transcendentalism is just if you're just gonna you know what I mean like if you're a little if you bought this for a little kid yeah I think it's a big word to throw in they haven't read the row and it's like (laughs) I also feel that like if I gave this to if I gave this to a niece of mine who's eight which is totally she would be able to read it and get the nuances of magic but I think Mm. words would like throw her off and so i just find that very interesting too i'm like why do we have to talk about transcendentalism yeah Yeah, like it's not really it's not yeah it just it it, it, it was an odd historical to throw in yes for me when you're 
a historical on a lot of other things exactly. like the costuming yeah incredibly a historical yeah mm-hmm. and that was actually a conversation carrie and i had before we, we started recording um is that and i think that, that actually seems to be a theme in a lot of YA nowadays uh YA, YA comics is where there there's a, almost even if it's a themed like a you know, like a book that takes place in a different a, a certain era the it's like the costuming and sometimes the vernacular of the words are modernized for one reason or another. And, and I definitely, yeah, got the vibe that, yes, I understand this is 19th century um, Massachusetts, but you're all dressed like it's the 90s. Or vernacular, I kind of understand because you want ease of reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a point that feels kind of yeah. lazy. But there's there's some slang terms like that are used that are modern slang terms. Beth literally wears a fucking purple turtleneck sweater. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. this is by and they're wearing no... skirts up to their like basically under their knees. Yeah, this is in no way, shape, or form against the artist, the colorist, anybody. I just don't understand how. Every sister was dressed differently. Joe literally wears a tunic that looks like she's a fucking 15th century flutist at one point. (laughs) Beth is wearing a purple turtleneck sweater, which is super modern to me. And like, and that's what I was telling Brian. I was like, they don't have Jersey at this point. They don't have that stretchy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not it's not necessarily for me like against this one specific artist but i it it they just can't this constant like friggin do a little women if costuming in film costs a lot of money costuming in a comic like everything draws the same (laughs) yeah yeah draw a bonnet for fuck's sake like yeah and and we've we've had really good examples on this podcast like princess and dressmaker um the uh princess one, jellyfish princess jellyfish mm-hmm. um oh what was the the one um oh my gosh uh sleepless is also sleepless it's, it's yeah i mean so, okay princess uh prince and the dressmaker wasn't very historical <laughs> but it also uh-huh. was it was fictional so yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> uh, it's it's just I, and I, I'm, I really don't pick my good, my own choices that didn't sound right. But like, I, <laughs> I tried because I'm such a fan. I was so excited because, and, and I got the three for, for I think we're talking was, ourselves out of this, honestly. <laughs> uh, it's just like, I really, I enjoyed it. I would probably, I'll probably give my physical copy to my niece. Mm. that way she has it because it's definitely some she saw the 2019 little witches little witches little women she saw saw it with her mom and I will tell you when she was in the movie theater and she saw a preview for that movie at another movie they saw that year she yelled oh my gosh Aunt Carrie will love this so much because Mm. she knows how much I love it yeah you know so like it's um if you're, I don't know, it, there was just a lot. Okay, also too, another another uh, art thing that bothered me, everything about Joe cutting her hair and anything you read, it's a flat cut. Yes. She mm. got a fucking cute ass pixie cut. Yeah. It was such a cute ass pixie was, cut. Oh my God. Like, I was like, I would rock that. I've, it's I've had that cute. haircut. Oh, it's so yeah. cute. 
But again, it took me out of the story a little bit because I was like, wait, that's she's not going to get that. The whole point of that, the whole point of that scene is that she's so desperate to help her father and she's so pissed that she has like uh, gender uh, dysphoria because she's not a boy at this point you know, and she's so mad that she's not at the war with her dad fighting with all the soldiers for the, the ideologies of freedom and, mm. and all these things that she goes into this barber and she's like, please, I, I just want to help my dad. He's sick in Washington, blah, blah, blah. The wife of the barber tells the husband, accept her hair, give her the cut and buy it because I would do as much, if not more for my Jimmy. And, you know, and it's alluded that this woman's son has died in the war. So they literally take the hair out of pity for Joe to give her the 25 bucks, which is like a ton of money during this time. And, um, and it's a, it's a flat, you know, if, if you've ever, if you've ever had long hair and you have somebody cut it, they usually put it in a ponytail, just start snipping above the rubber band and, um, she had a really cute haircut in this book. And I was like, wait, what? She looks super, super cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she went to a nice stylist who knew <laughs> yeah, how to cut did. pixie cuts, which you know what? Not even a lot of decent stylists know how to cut. Pic- the no. first time I got my hair cut in a pixie, it looked freaking awful. <laughs> so like, it's let me tell you. The 19th century in, in, the, in Massachusetts. Uh, apparently in, not. Not in Concord in the 19th century it wasn't perfect no yeah but that was um so i'm just gonna ask you guys to start picking books for me during my choice Uh, i think that 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 is your uh, we gotta have a we gotta have an awkward one every once in a while you're you're an emerging comic book fan what you are an emerging comic book fan you don't you don't have you don't have the well that darcy and i have like we can like oh that sounds awkward well, okay. We, we, no, we, I know what you meant. Yeah. But even when we choose a book that we don't, we haven't read, we've, we know about it or we know about the creators and we can kind of like tell, oh, this is for me, but you don't really have that radar yet. And so, you know, and then you would think, you know, a book based on your favorite book of all time <laughs> would do it. But, you know, maybe that, that, that was kind of the downfall of it was that, that it was based on your favorite book of all time so it's just like yeah. a, a learning curve it, it is it is hard to live up to your favorite book of all time yeah let's exactly. be honest like i'm kind of trepidatious about dune because i love that book and i, I love i love the director and i know it's going to be good but once again it's the same thing it's like you're gonna mess with things do i want you to mess with things <laughs> you know so you know you know i i totally get that vibe i'm just sad but you know, maybe uh, I'll. I think um, I think this would make like this idea, and even these individual characters would work like super well as a serialized cartoon, yes, or yes. something, or a serialized comic um, mm-hmm. that was a little bit lighter and a little bit less tied to uh the book itself i I think there's Mm -hmm. something there i think i really really think there is like the the ending was the 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 addendum at the end was the best part and that was absolutely absolutely i think i think if you disconnected 
the sisters and Lori because I really liked him. I liked this little adaption of Lori. I thought he was yeah. adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of I think why I liked him so much is he didn't quite feel like um Lori so much. He kind of felt like his own character. Absolutely. Because yeah. he he was very much him, him and uh his 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 uncle were very much um like they were just witch finders and mm-hmm. they had their whole thing going and they were very much their own people mm-hmm. um and like because of that I were able I were able that's not a thing I was able to see them as their own characters mm-hmm. and read them as their own characters so the little things that were different um didn't twig on me the way that the weird stuff that Joe did, did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, I think that helped a lot, which is probably why we haven't talked about them as mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Um, because nothing that happened with those characters uh, caused me any grief. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I really, really liked the two of them. Um, and I think if they just said, these are the adventures of the March sisters mm-hmm. as witches, after the events of the books yeah plus or, or uh between like the first half of the book and the second half of the book yeah the like they're adults right know, so, yeah and nobody died and everybody's good because magic or some shit yeah exactly. mm-hmm. um beth ha- beth is president it, of the united states it, right something like that <laughs> uh yeah i mean i think it would work but no i i, I agree and I, and I i do love the additions that were made to laurie and 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 the grandfather i like grandfather I, yeah, I, I liked it. i liked the um you know i liked the idea that you know the grandfather was an escaped slave who helped on the underground railroad and that's how he became a witch finder because there was a lot of southern mages i love that 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 yeah he was was a lot of fun i mm. i loved that part yeah. because yeah. i feel like just like the adventures of Lori and his grandpa would have been really, really cool. It's like mm-hmm. fucking Absolutely. badass, like witch finders. Yeah, you know? wrote Definitely. books and Fight, yeah, fighting Confederate racists. Yeah, you know? and, yeah, yeah. And it's cool. And also, and see, that was a really cool addition, and um, and, and completely original. I mean, that was fun. And the though, not to to shit upon things further, but like the. Uh, you know, when you're writing a new story with a new history and then you introduce a character that um, seems important but has never been in any version of the book or of the media before, that's probably going to be your bad guy. And that's kind of, unfortunately, that's what happens in this as well. It's like Mr. Mm. Davis, the teacher. I don't think, has there ever been a Mr. Davis in any Little Women? Mr. Davis just hits Amy for when she brings pickled limes to school. Yeah, and so in this, that's the pickled it. limes explode and, and he, it turns out he becomes a more a prominent, important character. So that's kind of, so, so the second that he sits down with Joe, I thought he was hitting on her. I was well, like, why so are you did I. a kid? Well, I, oh my I, God. I, I was going I back to, oh God, is, is, is this suddenly going to yeah. become the older man she becomes infatuated? Yeah, it's not, oh it's yeah, not, that's what not, I thought not, too. It's not fair <laughs> this time, right? It's, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, no, it's, um, but no, but the second that they had the conversation together, I'm like, oh, he's way too important to, you know, you know, now. And so he's the bad guy. He's the reason why all this crazy magic is happening like i just oh of, you picked up on that i yeah, I, I thought I, he was I, hitting so, on her and that's me no i thought he was too but 
at the same time, I was like, oh, this is the villain because <laughs> there's no doubt about it. It's kind of like, you know, it, it, it is unfortunately something that could easily happen. Like, it's like when you're watching a movie and there's someone ultra famous is in a very bit part of a mystery it's like oh yeah they're gonna be they're gonna be the villain because they're got paid to be the villain in the movie you know Funny. so it's kind of like that kind of situation but but yeah i i mean so we, we've been kind of talking negatively um uh, mostly um I'm and, sorry, and we did we did I we really did do. i really yeah. wanted to love it. we did we did oh. like the book you know I mean, for the most part yes yeah and so um and um like the coloring I thought it was creative um yes and, and I, I you know like yeah the, the downfalls of, of like kind of pinning it towards another story are there but at the same time if it had to be done I thought it was you know done in, in a kind of a, a fun way you know like the the way the way things kind of tie it I, I did love the fact that Meg the eldest sister was shit at knitting mm -hmm. now that's pretty huge because they are most of them in the original book are expert seamstresses because you have to remember they're not only uh during the civil war they're poor and they're poor because the family had progressive views and they um they lost their money so all the daughters sew their clothes, they knit, they crochet, they make everything by hand, right? So the fact that, and Meg in the original book is a nimble little needlewoman, and I'm pulling that as a direct quote. Um, <laughs> and that's part of her womanly charm. Uh, she's the first to get married. Uh, she's the first to have children. Meg is kind of like your typical stereotyped woman, right? Of this time. So the fact that this character was hot-headed, like kind of bitchy and was shit at knitting, I thought it was really funny because it's actually the complete opposite of mm -hmm. what you learn about Meg in the book. And so I just, it's, it was interesting. I, I liked that because Meg is just, she's such a, She's almost put on a pedestal um, throughout the original novel. And so uh, by Joe slash Louisa as the writer. So it's very, it was a very interesting take that she was kind of knocked down a few pegs. So in this it more humanizes her in a way. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, the, you know, um, I could go on and on and on. Yeah. But um, I do like the fact that, that she shit at the um, at knitting and that is the source of her magic like that's her type of magic is like knitting and fabric magic and yeah. she's bad at it so. yeah like she was she, I, I thought that was really cool she was really, yeah um, she's it's cute it's fun yeah and so yeah where, where was um the the tutor you know uh Lori's tutor I wish there's yeah, like there's things in there I yeah. think I think Darcy said it really well if this could have been like a serialized comic with lots of time to build up this alternate universe, yes. it would have been great. I yeah. would have really, really loved it. You know, is yeah, there were a lot of rules there that I think that could have been expanded on and played with. I thought the mm -hmm. magic was really cool. The magic was super cool. But I you didn't have enough time to like play with it because it, 
I mean, it was a long story, but it wasn't a long enough story almost. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I wish I wish it could have been an ongoing. Yeah, I think the story would um, would would thrive to bring it back to kind of what we were talking about earlier as a webtoon. I think that it yeah. is an episodic. Actually, webtoon. yeah, I could totally see this being absolutely wonderful. Um, and I'm I'm okay. So there's going to be a sequel because this obviously only goes to a certain part of the of the original Little Women book. It may not. Um, well, if there is one, I, I am interested in picking it up. Oh, absolutely. Because I because because I think also that's my favorite part of the movie. I like I like them as adults more than I do as as kids. Or sorry, as the book. I, I I apologize. I my I called it the movie. Well, because you've only yeah, seen the movie. Seen it, yeah. And this, if you don't read the book by next year that will be grounds for divorce okay i promise i'll read it because or at least listen to can it. i at least read it to you yes okay or i can do that i can do an audio book <laughs> I, I i'm probably more privy to do that as soon as i catch up on, on he doesn't want to listen to you <laughs> read him a book i know so. actually that's how when we were first dating yes he used to read to me over the phone because we were long distance yes he read me the um he read to me the adventures of Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Yep. Very cute. Yeah, yeah it was super cute. We're adorable. Mm-hmm. But we I don't know if you're <laughs> listening. You're probably not. I I love you. And I'm sorry about the book. But I will pick up whatever you have next. Yay, Lee Dragoon. Don't hate me. Well, yeah. It, I, I don't hate you. I, I, I did enjoy reading it. I yeah. I just it it yeah, wasn't it. quite what I wanted of it to be, I guess. Yeah, exactly, and that's no at no fault of of hers of no. of, of dragoons because because she's you know she created the book she didn't set expectations but unfortunately the expectations are there because of the how much the source material is loved yes so okay well any final thoughts or you want to roll on through final thoughts no nope, I think. I think that's it for me. Mm-hmm. Carrie? Yeah, me too. I'm great. Also, okay. All right. Yeah. I, you know, what's funny is that you guys knocked out my notes. I had like 10 points and you guys knocked out all 10 of my points, like in like five minutes of discussing. And I'm like, I, why did I even write notes? So it's all good. Maybe we could so, have ended this a lot, a lot longer ago. So, so thank you very much. <laughs> so, okay. Well, um, I guess we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, close everything down for now. Um, so we've reached the end of the show. I hope you all enjoyed. And uh, thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Um, email us, questions, comments at better at gmail.com. Instagram and Twitter is cdbpod. Website where that information, plus also every book we've ever discussed on this podcast for 52 episodes now is available. Um, so if you are trying to see if we ever talked about a book you like or don't like, then check out the website. And that is at uh, comicsdeservebetter.wordpress.com. And you can also request a feature subject for us to talk about. And, um, and if you have a chance uh, and you want to, tell a friend and or follow and rate the podcast. We would really appreciate that. And Darcy, where can we find you on the internets? I am on Twitter at books underscore serial. I'm at uh, booksandserial.wordpress.com. Uh, and this week I will be writing about uh, The Shadow, finally. Nice. Uh, episode mm-hmm. one of uh, The Shadow's second slash third run uh, from 1937 called uh, The Death House Rescue. 
okay. uh, which stars Orson Welles Ooh. as the shadow. Cool. Fantastic. That's yep. also I love Orson Welles. He's such an interesting character or person. Um, he is. Both good it's not, I don't think he's many people's most well-known shadows. When no. people think of the shadow voice, I don't think people think of him, but he was definitely That's very awesome. good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and his last role before he died was the villain in the Transformers movie in 1985. Mm-hmm. And he has one of the best quotes ever where he was like, I'm in this movie. I'm a toy that eats other toys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think it's Orson <laughs> Welles' weird, dry sense of humor. I just love it. So that sounds really cool. Um, I was going to re- initially make the joke, oh, you mean the Alec Baldwin movie? But, you know, like... I, I'm definitely <laughs> going to talk about the Alec Baldwin movie because I obviously... I loved it. It was one of my favorite movies as a little girl, and it got me into the idea of radio serials. So cool. you know what? Obviously, it's going to come up. Well, um, just really quick, I know because we're ending the, the show, but what's your opinion about the Phantom movie with, with Billy Zane? I like the Phantom movie. I like the miniseries better that came out like in the early 2000s, which not many people watched. Mm-hmm. I like the movie. I think it doesn't... Um, I, I don't think it's as awful as everybody says. Obviously, it is awful, but it does what the Phantom is supposed to do during a period where every comic book adaption is awful. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's the Phantom and he's, you know, he follows the legacy. He's got his cave. He wears his purple suit. He's the comic book character, right? Yep. Like he does what 90s comic book adaptions or, and you know like I mean he does that he's he's the phantom uh, the have you seen the uh, mini series that came out in the like the early 2000s Never like have. no it's like 2008 or something like that Never it's have, so. um I can't the guy you'd recognize him you'd you'd recognize him if you saw him he's like this blonde crazy dude he was in a lot of like romantic comedies and stuff like that um he did that and it's like exactly like you'd expect from that period to very typical he's got like purple like dark purple but it's armored um and he's got like a visor over his face that's also armored Hmm. um but it's it's really good but it's the same thing he's the legacy he's got the cave he's got the girlfriend i liked it a lot it's like three (laughs) i think it's three episodes maybe four episodes i can't remember i really liked it so it's kind of it's kind of like a um the, yeah the early 21st century was like the 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 bring it to the street level slash exactly like, yeah. okay yeah, yeah but he he's got he's got like the the Batman Begins version of the costume kind of thing. I hope he does. Does he do the voice? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I can't remember, but I'm sure he does. But yeah, it, it, very cool though. Um, no, yeah, I I um. Yeah, that, that's one of those movies that's just kind of like, I know this is dumb, but it's fun. And it's so it, dumb. And so it's like, so yeah, fun. it's not it's not like the AFI's 100 best movies of all time, but it's, it's not still, the Rocketeer. Yeah, it's, it's great, but, <laughs> but no, it's, it's fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen the Rocketeer. I need to watch. You've it. Ne- I know, and I like. <laughs> and and the thing is too is that like I, the, my favorite part of Captain America: The First Avenger is the 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 director, the photography slash like the aesthetic of it, and that's the same director as as the Rocketeer. So it's like, yeah, I you should. need to see the Rocketeer. Yeah. You'd like it. I definitely need to. 
So I would definitely want to check we it could, out. We should do it for this. Yeah. Oh, that'd for, be fun. For bonus. Yeah. For be, one yeah. of the, the bonus section, next bonus section, we'll do the Rocketeer. Oh, cool. Fantastic. I'm all for it. Okay. Well, Carrie, you want to be the person of mystery and. Um, I've lost all my logins oh, no. for my social media. So I'm actually, I'd like to log into Facebook and I can't. I so don't remember. You. Yeah. you don't need so. to. No one needs to. So Fuck Facebook. I'm. <laughs> And I don't remember it for Instagram because it was tied to my Facebook. So, fuck it. So email Carrie at comments are better at, at uh, gmail.com if you have any comments. Not like any her. of you do. Yep. But <laughs> do it. Let, shoot us an email. Let us know how we're doing. What we can. You know, oh, I kid. I kid. We, what we can do and what we need to do and stuff like my that. My stomach hurts. I just drank a big ass nice. coffee before, like while you were recording. Yeah. And. I, that, I regret that decision. Oh, well, that's obviously very important information. But now, it, it was. Thank you. But now it's, well, <laughs> it's good that we're, we're ending this. <laughs> um, so I'm Bryjan2814 on Twitter and Bryjan underscore CV on Instagram. Um, and for Darcy and Carrie, I, why am I talking like that? <laughs> for Darcy and Carrie, I'm Brian. And this has been the Comics is Our Better podcast. Remember, comics is our better and everyone deserves comics. Thank you. Bye. 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 Hasta luego.